welcome to Let's Talk Period, the podcast for people who want all things real, raw and reputable where we smash taboos and break down stigmas. I'm your host, Isabella Gosling, and I am absolutely thrilled to be diving into all things PCOS today. So before we dive into all of that, just a few little updates. Uh, The PCOS Masterclass that was meant to happen a couple of weeks ago has been rescheduled to the 28th of September. So if you want to know even more about PCOS from today's episode, you're wanting tips, tricks, strategies, more info on how to manage PCOS, this is the masterclass for you. Tickets are $10 and uh, it's going to be a great opportunity to ask any questions that you have about PCOS. Uh, If you're struggling with the condition or you support somebody, so you're a friend, family member, partner, um, that you know know someone with PCOS and want to find out more about that, it's a great opportunity for you to attend as well. So also if you've bought a jumper they have been shipped out to you now so I cannot wait to see you all wearing them and sending through photos so if you do have a jumper and it um, arrives very soon they have all been sent express please send through a photo of you wearing it I would absolutely love to see it Um, and I think that's all the updates for now so let's dive into today's episode. Alrighty, so the first thing we should probably start with is what actually is PCOS. So PCOS or polycystic ovarian syndrome affects approximately one in 10 people assigned female at birth, and it is a collection of symptoms. So unlike endometriosis or adenomyosis, where it's a disease, um, it's diseased tissue, PCOS is a collection of symptoms, and that's what syndrome basically means. So Um, Obviously, with PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, it's multiple cysts on your ovaries syndrome. So that basically is just one of the symptoms as the name for the syndrome. So um, it's not just that that affects the condition, but that's sort of the classifying or the characteristic main one. So it is characterized by high levels of androgens, so that's a hormone, polycystic ovaries, as I've mentioned, and oligo or anovulation. So that basically means um, you're not ovulating. So an means an absence of ovulation. And oligoovulation is basically infrequent or irregular ovulation, which is what we see in PCOS. Um, So yeah, as I mentioned, it is a a collection of symptoms and that's what the syndrome means. And also just because the name is polycystic ovarian syndrome, you do not actually have to have polycystic ovaries to have PCOS. So there's a lot of different things that um, are used. So the Rotterdam criteria is the main one that is used to diagnose PCOS and that's probably the most sort of gold standard one. And that's the one I will refer to throughout this episode about PCOS. So the Rotterdam criteria is um, three um, three criteria and you need to have two out of three um, present to form a diagnosis of PCOS. So the first one is hyperandronism. Um, that basically means high levels of testosterone. And so that can be determined through pathology results. So a blood test. 
Um, the next one is oligo or an ovulation. So as I mentioned before, irregular ovulation or just the absence of ovulation altogether. So, um, or, you know, not having a period, not ovulating, that's evidence there. That's the second one. Um, so that could also mean that you've got really long cycle lengths because you're not getting your period and you're not ovulating. And then the third criteria is polycystic ovaries present on an ultrasound. So if you have one of the criteria but not the other two, um, that might not suggest PCOS. Um, however, if you've got two out of the three, that is enough to like, present a diagnosis of PCOS. So when you are suspecting that you might have PCOS, it is really important to be keeping track of your cycle length. So how long is your cycle? Because when you go to the doctor, they are going to be asking you those questions. And if you're wanting to save some time, you already want to have done some of that groundwork yourself. So you can go in there and say, look, I have not had a period for 78 days, for example. And then you can say my previous cycle was 103 days and the cycle before that was 62 days. So if you've got a couple of months of data there or, you know, more because of the length there, but if you have that data there to show them, you're not going to be sent back home to go and track your cycle and waste more time. I hope that makes sense, but it's sort of just working smarter and not working harder um, because you have already been putting up with this for long enough. So make it easier on yourself and track it. So you have that evidence when you go to the doctor, so you're not wasting more time. Um, the next thing is when you do go to the doctor, they may ask to do an ultrasound. So they could do an internal or an external, and they will be looking for cysts on your ovaries. And even though it's polycystic ovary syndrome, as I said previously, you don't need to have those cysts, those multiple cysts to actually have that, have PCOS. So they do use this as that diagnostic criteria, however, is one of the things, but it is, it can be common to have eight to 10 cysts on your ovaries and that be considered normal because um, only one of those, um, one of the ova will reach maturity and be released in a regular cycle. So the difference is, is with PCOS, you can have up to 20 to 30 cysts on your ovaries and none of them are reaching maturity and they're all growing. And that's when things become a bit of an issue there. And then the third thing, as I said, is a blood test. So that would show hyperandronism, which is high testosterone levels. And they are, um, evidenced by things that can contribute to sort of um, hair on the face or um, hairy tummy, excess hair or hair loss. Um, and that's um, something else that can contribute. So you'll have those blood tests, you'll have that ultrasound and with that cycle length, they are the three criteria with the Rotterdam criteria that determines PCOS. Okay, so you might think, oh, I might have PCOS, but I don't really know the symptoms. So I'll break it down and go through some of the symptoms for you that are the most commonly um, identified symptoms of PCOS. So um, these are the classic ones that I've mentioned already that help to diagnose PCOS, but also additional symptoms that makes, um, you know, 
evidence as to what else is going on to form that diagnosis. So these are symptoms that can be contributing from those criteria, if that makes sense. So the first one is that high levels of androgen present in the blood results. The next one is that irregular cycle length. And then we've got oligoovulation or anovulation, so irregular ovulation or not ovulating at all. The next one is painful ovulation. And this is due to the fact that you have got potentially upwards of 20 cysts and that can be um, contributing to pain because they are all a similar size and none of them are reaching maturity. So they're kind of just getting bigger and they can be taking up space and um, be not detaching from the uh, fallopian, from the ovary, my apologies, from the ovary. And that can be causing pain when it's trying to release. Um, The next one is obviously ovarian cysts and these can be quite big. Like um, they can be very painful and you can have a cyst burst and that can cause pain as well and you'll end up with free fluid in your pelvis and um, these can end up with you being hospitalized or they can also end up needing surgery to have them removed. So definitely something to look into. And the next symptom is heavy periods. And I know this is characteristic with endo or adeno, and that's why it can get a bit confusing. But heavy periods can come about from PCOS because the cycle length has been so long and you haven't ovulated that that endometrium, so that innermost lining or outermost, that one that sheds every month, the endometrium, has continued to thicken and thicken and thicken and it's gotten quite thick. So there's a lot to shed. So it can be very heavy when it does finally shed. Um, The next symptom is bloating and that can be due to the multiple cysts, which can be um, causing swelling and then um, also just having that endometrium being quite thick. Um, the next symptom is that hair loss or excessive hair growth, which is due to that androgen, hyperandrogenism, um, as well as acne. And these can be really painful pustules, um, and not just on your face, but can also be neck, your back, your chest. Um, and then another common symptom that people with PCOS are dealing with is insulin resistance, and that's a hormonal imbalance as well. So that's definitely something that's seen a lot as well. And then also difficulties with weight maintenance. So there's a misconception around um, people with PCOS being obese and that's, or they've got that people with PCOS have to be overweight or you have to be overweight to have PCOS. And that's just simply not true. Um, PCOS affects people of many different body sizes and it's really disheartening to see people who are struggling with the symptoms that I've mentioned um, be dismissed because they might not fit and I say that in quotation marks the size that people with PCOS are expected to be and it's something that a lot of people really struggle with because um, you can manage your symptoms easier by losing weight but also it's really hard for people with PCOS to lose weight because they are dealing with insulin resistance and these hormone levels that are out of whack. So that can be a really tricky one that people are dealing with. So 
that's sort of an overview of the symptoms. And another one that I have to mention as well is that you can struggle with fertility. So it can cause um, fertility issues because you're not ovulating and you obviously need to ovulate to fall pregnant because you can't fall pregnant without releasing the egg and that needs to meet with the sperm obviously and so when that's not happening falling pregnant can be really difficult because you don't know when your period's coming because your cycle's all over the place and you might not be ovulating and that can just throw everything out of whack and it can make falling pregnant really really difficult so um, that's another symptom of PCOS or another characteristic of the condition. So how do you manage your PCOS? That's something that a lot of people with PCOS are trying to figure out and not everything works for every person, which is the case for every condition. Everything is really personalized to you and your body. So you need to figure out what your um, criteria are. So, you know, maybe you do have those high levels of androgens and then you have that really irregular cycle length. And so working to regulate that cycle and reduce those androgens or testosterone um, could be the goal for you. Or maybe um, you've got your irregular cycle length and you have um, polycystic ovaries. So working to reduce the number of cysts or um, the the number of cysts achieving maturity. You just want there to be one. So you're ovulating regularly. So regulating that cycle again. So a key part of reducing testosterone or androgens is through insulin management, because um, when your insulin is sort of out of whack, that can contribute to higher levels of testosterone in the body as well. So you want to be looking at reducing that insulin resistance and managing your insulin resistance. So having insulin resistance basically means that your body doesn't really respond to insulin the way it should. And insulin is basically um, the the hormone in the body that keeps blood glucose safe. So um, you've got a certain amount of sugar or blood glucose blood glucose levels in your blood and they go around and give your body energy and um, insulin helps to sort of make sure everything stays safe. But when you've got insulin resistance, it's not really allowing it to do its job properly. So working with a naturopath can be a great idea to um, support your body with supplements that your body might be needing and that can help to regulate your cycle. And um, I'm not going to suggest anything there because they're sort of things that a naturopath would prescribe to you based on your own individual presentation Um, but they can work with you to support your body to lower your insulin resistance there and um, help to reduce that blood glucose level safely Um, and you could alternatively there are um, medications that are prescribed quite regularly. A lot of people get prescribed metformin, which is another one that sort of controls blood glucose level and helps with insulin resistance in another way. Um, that's a bit of a controversial topic, but I'm just presenting all of the different issues, all of the different options to you. As I said, sort of weight maintenance can be a tricky one, but it's also important for 
um, managing PCOS. There's studies that have shown that reducing your um, body weight by 5 to 10% can assist with the symptoms of PCOS. However, it's important to support your body in a way that is going to work for you because you could be hitting it with cardio five times a week and that's putting your body under extra stress and you're not going to see any happen from that. So working with an exercise physiologist can be really helpful because they can create workouts that are focusing on strength or weight training that aren't as stressful on the body and sort of help to work with you and what your individual needs are. Also eating a diet that is nicely balanced, so a well-balanced diet, and you can work with your naturopath for that, or you can also work with a dietitian. Um, but you basically want lots of leafy green vegetables, those cruciferous vegetables. You want your protein and you want, um, you know, those really complex carbohydrates that are slow, get burned up really quickly. So that's a bit of an overview about what PCOS is, all the different symptoms and sort of a quick overview of how you can manage the condition. If you have found this episode helpful, I would love to hear it. Send me a DM on Instagram at Let's Talk Period AU, or you can join the Facebook community, Let's Talk Period Community, and you can comment in there. Or if you have questions and want to chat further, send me a DM. And if you would love to learn more about PCOS, you can join me in the PCOS Masterclass on the 28th of September at 7pm. It's $10 and it's going to be a great opportunity to ask those questions and get that support. Other than that, I'll be back in your ears on Wednesday with a brand new interview episode and I cannot wait to share it with you. Let's Talk Period is produced for educational purposes and the information, recommendations and topics talked about does not constitute medical advice or take into consideration your personal circumstances or medical history.